Welcome back to Miller's Movers, where each week I take a look back at the action from the weekend that's just been, as well as looking at the new revised handicap marks released on a Tuesday morning. And also, as we build up into the Cheltenham Festival each week, I've had a special guest. And this week, we have festival-winning jockey Bradley Gibbs, who won the Fox Hunters Chase last year on Premier Magic, joining us. We'll start with the weekend that was. Sometimes a quiet weekend at Kempton, graded races, but perhaps not full of depth because the connections are keeping horses back for the Cheltenham and Aintree festivals. But I thought there were some good performances. Caliph de Burley won the Adonis hurdle. Plenty of people seemed a little bit disappointed with his performance. He did only win by just under a length, but he was giving £5 to Gimme 5 for Harry Derham, who I think would have been tuned to the max for that performance. I think that was certainly Gimme Five's Gold Cup. It certainly wasn't Caliph de Burley's Gold Cup. They're already talking of Gold Cups proper for the future for this big horse from France, not a typical juvenile. Um, the pair of them pulled 10 lengths clear of the third horse. He's clearly a chaser in the making. I liked how Caliph de Burley got down and knuckled home at the finish against a speedy arrival. Certainly wouldn't um, be disappointed with him. Don't be surprised if he misses now the rest of the season. They've already said they're not going to go to Cheltenham with him for the triumph hurdle. They will look at Aintree. But uh, my money would be on the fact that he'll go off to grass now, have a nice summer at grass, come back in. And they're talking about going novice chasing with him as a four-year-old, where, of course, he gets that valuable four-year-old allowance. The other impressive performance came in the dovecot with the novice lump sum confirming form with Fiercely Proud, actually uh, increasing the distance he beat him when the pair finished second and third in the Rossington main at Doncaster. Lump sum travelled really powerfully jumped immaculately and saw his race out very powerfully towards the end. He's clearly a horse that likes cutting the ground and uh, is progressing nicely. And the pair of them perhaps suggested that uh, the form of Jericho de Repinate should be upgraded. Plenty of people were disappointed by what he did in the Rossington main at Doncaster, but maybe uh, it wasn't such a poor performance after all as these two, Lump Sum and Fiercely Proud, do look like smart performers in their own making. Lump Sum doesn't hold any entries in the novice hurdles at Champ Festival. He does hold uh, handicap entries. But Sam Thomas, generally as a trainer, brings these nice horses through slowly. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he were to miss Cheltenham and maybe look at one of the graded novice hurdles at Aintree. And I'm sure he's a chaser in the making as well. One of the things I did want to touch on before we got into the handicap moves and shakers is the slightly disappointing form of Nicky Henderson through the weekend. I sided with two of his runners at the weekend, Arclight and Tweed Skirt, and they both performed fairly poorly. Soft ground maybe worked against the pair of them, but they did stop quite suddenly. And Nicky Henderson's form over the last 14 days through February, 13 runners, seven which have pulled up, just producing one winner. It is a quiet time of the year for him, I know. Soft ground generally is not uh, sort of conditions that see Nicky Henderson horses at their best. But on top of that, we've heard this morning that Constitution Hill worked poorly at Kempton on a race course gallop. I've seen the footage and he did work poorly indeed. He was a long way behind his two work companions. And more concerningly, you could hear his breathing over the camera uh, phone. Very thick in his wind. Uh, Nicky Henderson has since said that a scope after that gallop produced significant mucus and they're not giving up hope just yet. They might well look now perhaps to give them a five-day course of antibiotics. Horses, in my experience, can be a little bit quiet in themselves after receiving antibiotics. So that's going to take them well into next week. So they're going to have seven days to turn them around and get them on peak form. I guess this boils down to whether this was a race course gallop designed to add 
a degree of fitness or whether it was a race course gallop designed just to freshen his mind and have a nice away day. If it's the former, they're going to be struggling to get him to peak fitness now with just a week uh, of a clear run before the Cheltenham Festival. But Nicky Henderson is a master of his trade. I think as well it's important that a few people who were very disparaging of, of the fact that they avoided Trials Day at Cheltenham uh, need to perhaps take a look at themselves. This is a man that uh, knows his horses. He clearly has struggled with Constitution Hill this year and his health. That's why they didn't run an international hurdle, and it's proven that he was quite right. So hopefully a bit of sunshine in the sky will get Constitution Hill back to his best because we all want him there for a champion hurdle, which will be severely lacking in depth if he doesn't appear. On to the handicap movers and shakers. And just one horse who's gone up in the weights this week that is of interest, and that's Mr. Van Gogh, trained by Mark Bradstock, who produced a demolition job in the Devon National, and I mean a demolition job in every sense of the word. He demolished his field. He also demolished the second last, did very well to stand up, put a great big hole in that. But he never really came off the bridle in a three-mile-six slog on soft ground, jumped very well under Ben Jones on just his second chase start, won by a fence, and uh, there's no exaggeration in that. He was crossing the line when they were jumping the last. It was a really impressive performance. And the handicappers put him up £12 to a mark of 132. He feasibly could have gone more than that. I think actually this wasn't as severe as I was perhaps expecting. I was almost expecting 14, maybe even £16. It is hard to get a grasp on quite what he's achieved. He was racing against a fairly small field of fairly exposed, slightly moody, older rivals. But it was impressive nonetheless. I think soft ground is important to him. He has disappointed twice previously over hurdles on good to soft ground. Uh, but even his point-to-point -point form from Horseheath reads really well. He slammed Santos Blue by 125 lengths. Santos Blue is a 132-rated hurdler. I think this is a smart horse in the making. Maybe if the ground came up soft, the Bradstock team would look to the Scottish National. But if not, I'm sure they've already got Chepstow in December, just after Christmas, circled on the calendar for the Welsh National of 2024. He looks a smart horse and certainly one you want to keep on side. Horse is going down now in the handicap. And the first one I want to start on is Lally Gag for Paul Nichols. He's tried chasing this season as a novice chaser and it hasn't gone all that well. He hasn't looked the most confident over his fences. He switched back to hurdles at Taunton at the beginning of last week and ran quite well. But uh, soft ground seemed to work against him. He sort of didn't finish his race off very well. He was dropped £4, which is quite a sizable drop. Horses tend to go up in large chunks, you know, 4, 6, 8, 12, as we just saw with uh, Mr. Van Gogh. They don't tend to come down in big chunks. They tend to come down in dribbles of 1s and 2s. So £4, from mark of 132 down to 128, was quite significant, I thought. This is a horse that's got some very good back form in novice hurdles, noticeably when just a length and a quarter behind Grey Dawning at Exeter. He then went to Cheltenham and ran very well off a mark of 132 over 2 mile 4, on good ground in April. Good ground, as I said, is essential to this horse. Down to a mark of 128 now, I'm sure Paul Nichols will find one, if not more, opportunities for this young horse going into the spring, particularly in the gap between Cheltenham and Aintree, where racing can tend to be a little bit weaker. Spring ground does tend to arrive at some point in that period. So Lally Gag off mark of 128 is certainly one I think you should have in your trackers. And then going back to the dovecot, Idy Wood finished third behind Lump Sum and Fiercely Proud. 
He didn't seem to cope all that well with a drop back to two miles in this grade two, having won over two mile four at Plumpton on his previous start. He was the first off the bridle well before they turned in, but I loved how he knuckled down and battled all the way to the line to eventually finish third. He was beaten five lengths by Fiercely Proud, but he would have been much closer for that. But for having to sort of power down to the last hurdle, Gavin Sheehan didn't appear to be able to find a stride sat up and waited for him to pop and then almost ended up waiting too much. It was a very slow jump. They lost plenty of momentum. They lost plenty of ground. I loved how this horse ran straight as a die from turning in, didn't drift, didn't shift, just ran with his head down in a really likeable fashion. Uh, attitude will win you plenty of races. He's dropped down a pound to a mark of 125. I'm sure Idy Wood, back on a little bit softer ground and back up in trip, uh, can find some decent contests back end of this season and the beginning of next. Two new entries for you now and both coming from the same race at Doncaster last week. Leader in the park won the race for Ben Pauling and Ben Jones who are having a great time of it at the moment and Ben Pauling certainly seems to have a strong team of novice hurdlers. Uh, he made his own running, he jumped very soundly at Doncaster and produced a very good performance. His first start of the season over hurdles at Ascot was a decent run. He finished just two lengths behind Farnoak, who's rated 129. He then went back to Ascot about three weeks later and was disappointing. Could only finish fifth. I think you have to put a line to that performance. He's clearly better than that. He's a big raw horse. He did weaken and idle a little bit in the closing stages, which allowed the runner-up to close. But I think he's definitely an embryonic chaser. But uh, a mark of 119, to me, seemed lenient as an opening mark. I'm sure he's not going to be overfaced, but I would be disappointed and surprised if Ben Pauling couldn't find another winning opportunity for this horse off an opening mark of 119. The horse that finished second behind uh, leader in the park at Doncaster is Grand Albert for Donald McCain. I was really impressed by what he found at the back end of the race, given that he'd been very keen through the early part. He sort of looked far less polished than the winner. He hung a little bit up the home straight, both left and right. Brian Hughes was certainly having to organise him a little bit. But given how keenly he had run in the first part of the uh, race, it was an impressive effort to finish his race off so strongly on testing ground at Doncaster. He's a work in progress, but he's got an opening mark of 114. That looks to me workable, and he's a horse I will follow, and I'll be quite satisfied if perhaps he doesn't win next time, there'll be a win just around the corner for Gran Albert and Donald McCain. And then to finish with one non-mover for you, and again, it's a Ben Pauling horse, and it's Bow to Greatness, who stays on a mark of 133 after finishing third on Saturday at Kempton in the Coral Trophy. He perhaps would have got closer, but for jumping away to his left up the home straight, but it was still a strong run on ground that was probably a little bit softer than ideal. His very best form comes on good ground, and he's a horse that tends to improve into the spring. Like I said, he did forfeit a bit of ground. He rallied late on. It was a strong performance. He stays on a mark of 133. In entry last spring, he ran a very good race to finish second off a mark of 132 in the valuable three-mile handicap chase at the Grand National Festival. He'd be really interesting to me if Ben Pauling keeps him back for that and keeps him fresh. But I am mindful of the fact that he does hold three entries at the Cheltenham Festival in the Kim Muir, the Ultima and the National Hunt Chase. For me, I'm not sure Cheltenham is his track. I would be looking to avoid him at Cheltenham. But if they do keep him fresh and they go to entry off a mark of 133, just a pound higher than when he finished second there last year, he would be very much of interest there. So delighted to be joined this week by Bradley Gibbs, who rode Premier Magic to victory in last season's Fox Hunters at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, one of the things, Brad, that confuses me is we've got Previous winners from the festival, Lossy Mouth, Gallopin de Champ, Al Fabiolo returning, all a short price favourite for their 
chosen races this year, and yet Premier Magic isn't isn't favourite. It seems strange to me. I see he's won both of his point to points this year at Sheriff Hutton and Brocklesby Park. Um, does he give you every feel that he's as good this year as as he was last year? And how's he going? And how do you view this year's uh, race? I definitely um I think he's in as good a form this year as what he was last year. Um he ran very well the first day at Sheriff Hutton. The ground was very deep. Um he won by ten lengths. He just I look, I took the cheap pieces off him. Um to go back pointing this year, they'll go back on for the Fox Hunters. Um I took him off for his points and um he just he hit the front a little bit soon the first day, just ran around a little bit, but that's always been him, you know, and he hits the front. Um, that's why we put the cheap pieces on him last year. But uh, he was very good the first day. Then the second day, um, everybody dodged him. Um, there was only three that turned up. So, unfortunately, we didn't have much of a run the last day, but he's still done it very well, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think he's just going into, going into the race this year as well as he was last year. And last year, I mean, you, 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 you took it up at virtually at the top of the hill and you were, you were quite positive. So clearly you see his stamina as his, as his forte. Certainly, I think uh, the favourite Ferns lock, I personally would have questions about his stamina. Do, do you envisage riding the race in a, in a similar manner this year, sort of being fairly positive from the, from the top of the hill home? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, no, it's just see how it pans out. But we'll just ride him wide again. Um... Obviously, I'd tried riding him the year before down the inside and everything just got a bit tight and he just backed out of it. So I rode him wide last year. I'll just do the same again. And, you know, last year he took me there to the top of the hill and I was at that point in the race where I couldn't really take him back. I could only go forward with him, you know, and thank God another one come with me to the last. Um, look, we did probably got racing a little bit early, but... Um, that's all he does is stay, you know, he's won over four mile in upon a point for us. Um, the further he goes, the better he is, you know. Yeah. And you perhaps be quite quite unusual. Certainly a lot of the Irish will prep through hunter chases, as will some of the some of the sort of um, UK horses that are perhaps with um, licensed trainers. Why have you chosen to stay with with a point to point prep versus, you know, going to the likes of Taunton or whatever for a for a hunter chase? Um, no, well, I just, I just wanted really, I just wanted him to have two easier days out then. Um, just, just to get his confidence through the roof, you know, um, didn't want to be getting in, going into a, into a hunter chase then in real deep ground and in a good race then, um, and having to get into a battle and, um, you know, maybe taking him a little bit longer to come out of the race then, um, I just thought if you just go for two pound of points and that's exactly what I done last year and I just thought just try and keep it the same and just try and give fill him full of confidence so he's going there in the best possible form we could be, you know. And so we're as we're talking now, we're 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 two weeks away from the start of the festival. Obviously you'd you'd run on the Friday. What's the what's the sort of routine, what's the plan for him now for the next sort of fourteen, seventeen days leading him up into his into his uh, renewal and uh, hopefully regaining of his title? Yeah, he'll um he he'll just be he'll tip away this week now. Um he'll probably have a, an away day next week. Um we'd try we'd take a few to Newmarket. Um there's a two mile grass gallop there, so 
we'll work, take him away and work him um, one day next week. Um, and then, yeah, not a lot then, you know, he'll have, he'll have a school once he goes there as well, but he's not the type of horse that takes a hell of a lot of work, you know, so we just really just got to keep keep him fresh, really. So so keep him fresh and, and then on to Cheltenham, regain the title. If if you look at the field and, and there's one horse you're particularly sort of fearful of, who is that? Um, obviously, you know, you can't take, it's it's on the line like he ran a stormer last year, um, only a length and a half behind us and he's, you know, I think he's probably an up and coming horse. Um, and Ferns Lock, he looked quite smart in his um in his hunter chase a couple of weeks back there. So um yeah, the few of the Irish horses um look to be, you know, but look, they they were all there last year, so hopefully he can do the same as what he does last year. So you wouldn't swap him? No, definitely not, no. And I don't think it'd be worth having you on and, and not mentioning another high-class hunt chase you've got in your yard. Uh, Fear Jaguen, uh, he won at uh, Garthorpe earlier this, this year in a point-to-point, uh, beat Carlito de Broses, who is a decent hunter chaser. Um, things perhaps didn't pan out for him in the entry fox hunters last year where he got rid of you fairly early on. Does jump a little bit right, but he was wickedly impressive to my mind when winning over two miles at the Cheltenham at the... Uh, Fox Hunters meeting in the evening, which if, if people aren't aware of it, it's definitely a meeting that's worth going to. I think it's one of the best best days racing I get each year. Um, what's the plan for him? And have you have you sort of found a reason for the jumping out to the right? Have you been able to iron it out? Or do you think it's just a, a kink he's got that you're going to have to live with? Well, to be honest, we've we've done a lot of we've done a lot of work with him. We, um, um, Harry, our back man, he he does him quite regularly now. Um, we had all his back injected um, at the start of the year. Uh, we've had his fetlocks, his hocks. We've had him injected every year, uh, everywhere, you know. Um, and he ran in Garthorpe, and he was very impressive with Garthorpe. You know, he didn't really come out of a canter, um, but he was he jumped a lot straighter at Garthorpe. I don't, I didn't think he went. Half well, he didn't go right at all, really. It was just one or two fences. Um, so he'll have he'll have another r- couple of runs pointing. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure what to do, whether to go back to injury. Um, the trouble with him, he's he's very small, but he's he's very brave, and he doesn't like. You know, to go around Aintree, you almost need to just brush to the top of him where he was going down and jumping him and clearing him, giving him a foot where he was jumping him too big then. Um, and I think that took its toll when we went to Cheltenham then. He jumped violently right um, and jumped quite high, you know. And, like, he won the two-miler there, but he probably went about three-miler how, how far right he was going. Um so it's we're undecided where to go with him. He'll probably he'll definitely end up back at Cheltenham in the Hunter Chase meeting uh, in May. He'll definitely end up back there, but we I'm not sure whether to go back to Aintree or not yet. So that's that's the plan for him. And then to 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 wind up with obviously you're as uh, much of a racing nut as as the best of us. Uh, looking at Cheltenham as a whole, is there a horse that you're particularly excited to see? And, and do you have a a selection as a as a punter yourself for the Champion Festival. Premier Magic. It's the only one I'm looking forward to seeing. <laughs> that, that'll do for us, Brad. Premier Magic. You heard it here first. Tipped up on the SBK podcast last year at 66 to 1. Won't be quite such a big price this year, but uh, I certainly struggle to see why he's not uh, a short price favourite. Brad, thanks very much for your time. Good to speak to a fellow Welshman and all the best in two weeks' time. No problem. Thank you very much. <laughs>